Hi there, this is James Eek, and you are listening to the Warriors Way Podcast, Season 3, Episode 125. We're going to kick things off in a minute with an important look at anger and how we can recognize it, work with it, and maybe even manage to gain some wisdom from it. But first, if you're looking for ways to improve your training and your life, and if you want to be able to take all the cool stuff that we talk about here every week and amplify it even more, I think I've got something for you. If you haven't checked it out yet, the Warrior's Way online training program is available now. And it's something that I've been working on, honestly, for years. Uh, it's stuff that I've thought that I'd really like to be able to reach people with in a way that, you know, the usual brick and mortar kind of school can't. This podcast is part of it. What I want to do is to reach more people and offer a broader and more in-depth approach to, I guess, kind of how I train and what training means to me. And I've been at this for over 40 years now. So if you can gain something from that, then I think that's awesome. And that's all it really is. Um, It's something that will be able to be used no matter where you are or when you want to use it. It's a virtual dojo. And that's a pretty cool thing. The Warriors Way Online Training Program is all of that and a whole lot more. You can get virtual one-on-one time with me in a whole lot of different disciplines. You can get some awesome and completely unique online martial arts fusion classes that I've put together from about 10 different martial arts. Um, And you can train along with me in that. Uh, You can learn how to meditate. Do you want to get into better shape? You want to maybe get some killer workouts? Well, surprise, surprise. The Warriors Way Online Training Program has all of that too. Uh, Honestly, there's something for everybody in this thing. Uh, It took me about a year to shoot all the videos and edit it and get the thing up and running. And I'm pretty excited and proud of it, I have to admit. So you can get in the shape of your life, you can hone your martial arts skills, improve mobility, learn how to meditate, start some breath work practice, and a whole lot more. And uh, you can also, by the way, work one-on-one with me virtually. And that's pretty cool. So how do you do it? Head over to the podcast website, which is warriorsway.ca www.warriorsway.ca and click on the link and while you're there check out the rest of the website too because it's pretty good if I do say so myself (laughs) anyways head over to warriorsway.ca check it out drop me a message and we can figure out which membership tier would work better for you uh, because there's three different memberships and each offer basically more or less. You can literally get tailor-made stuff, you know, and have weekly meetings with me on uh, Zoom or whatever, whatever works for you and turns your crank. (laughs) Or you can go it alone with just the fusion classes. So there's, there's a whole lot and there's even, you know, the middle ground there. But anyways, 
drop me a line and we can figure that all that out. And I'd love to see you there. If you like this podcast, man, it's just the next step. All right. And before we get started, I, unfortunately, you know, I think unless you're living in a box somewhere, uh, you understand that if you're listening to this when it comes out, we are entering, lucky us, the fourth wave of this COVID pandemic, which has gone on way too long. The best way that we can beat this, other than, well, I guess living in a bunker somewhere, (laughs) is to get vaccinated. So get yourself vaccinated. Um, You know, end of the day, it's going to protect you from dying. We all have to go, but you know what? Let's kind of try to do some things so we can get the most out of this life. Not only is it going to safeguard you, but it offers protection to all those around you as well, because that is really what we are about, right, people? We want to help people. So get yourself vaccinated. Let's get this COVID thing over with and our lives headed in the right direction instead of in this constant loop we've been in. All right, let's get this thing going. Anger is one of the densest forms of communication. It conveys more information more quickly than almost any other type of emotion. A bit of anger can quickly clear up unspoken resentments, unacknowledged boundary violations, and unaddressed imbalances. On the other hand, in Buddhism, anger is often regarded as taboo, an emotional reaction to be avoided as much as possible. The 8th century monk scholar Shantideva in the way of the Bodhisattva writes that a single moment of anger destroys the good karma built up over a thousand eons. Now, these are two very different views. But both agree that anger is very powerful. Is there a way to direct the energy, clarity, and power of anger to spiritual or mystical ends? Is it possible to find the peace and clarity of awareness in the experience of anger? Is it possible to use anger to put ourselves in other people's shoes and so undermine the tendency to treat ourselves as special? Is it possible to step out of the world of conflict and opposition that anger projects? Is it possible to discover the groundlessness of experience in an emotional reaction as intense and potentially destructive as anger? The answer to all these questions is an unambiguous yes. For instance, Jan Willis, a professor at Wesleyan, described an occasion where she was furiously angry while at Lama Yeshi's center in Nepal. She remembers standing outside the temple fuming at something or other, and Lama Yeshi crept up beside her and whispered in her ear, Buddha mind is very angry today. Her mind stopped. The mind that is angry is the same as the mind of Buddha? She had never considered that possibility. It changed everything. 
anger was no longer a force or a demon that took you over. It became instead a movement in the mind, a mind as clear and as empty as the sky. All experience can be seen as movement in the mind. Experiences arise and fade on their own like clouds in the sky. Anger is one such cloud, though it often arises as an overwhelming black storm cloud whose earth-shaking thunderclaps deafen us all to other voices and whose flashes of lightning can set our whole world on fire. Let's look at four practices, each of which opens a door to a different way of experiencing anger. The first practice comes from the Vietnamese Zen teacher Thich Nhat Hanh. In this practice, the breath is used as a rope. You use it to lower yourself into the experience of anger. What you find there may come as a bit of a surprise. Starting with just being in the experience of being angry, say to yourself, Breathing in, I feel this anger. Breathing out, I feel this anger. No analysis. No trying to understand it, no attempt to reason our way out of it or justify it. At first, the anger may feel too hot to touch or too cold, as in the case of hatred. Touch, however, much as you are able to, using the breath as a rope. You will probably notice physical sensations associated with anger, tightness in your stomach, constriction in your throat, or pressure in your head. You may also notice various emotional sensations too, not just anger, but fear perhaps, or jealousy, or sadness, or hurt. Stories will run, stories about the anger, or about who, or what made you angry. Again, using the breath as a rope to hold on to, just let all those reactions to the anger swirl around and in you like autumn leaves blowing in the wind. And while you're doing this, you might say to yourself, breathe in, I feel reactions to this anger. Breathe out, I feel reactions to this anger. Something strange often happens at this point. You may find that you can feel the anger and how your whole system reacts to it and not be carried away in the storm. You discover that you can feel the anger and be calm at the same time. You can say to yourself, breathing in, I feel calm in this anger. Breathing out, I feel calm in this anger. Then you discover that it's possible to relax in the anger, to be at ease in it, to bring out that possibility, you might say, breathing in, I'm at ease in this anger, and breathing out, I'm at ease in this anger. At this point, you have to be a little careful. When you start to relax in the anger, you will feel everything that you have felt before more clearly and more intensely. You may wonder if something is wrong. Isn't anger meant to go away? In fact, nothing's wrong. You're just experiencing what is going on in you more completely. You may need to cycle back to one or another of the earlier stages. But there's no problem with this. A common misconception is that practice proceeds in a linear progression, but it doesn't. There are many ups and downs. 
Meanwhile, you are discovering a new possibility, namely that you can experience anger without tensing against it. And you're beginning to explore that possibility. And that's it. Using the breath as a rope, you've lowered yourself into the experience of anger and discovered the possibility of peace and clarity there. Not by controlling the anger or trying to get rid of it, but by opening to the anger and experiencing it completely. One final point. This is not a one-shot exercise. This is a practice. You do it again and again until it becomes part of you. Then you keep doing it. And the practice starts to work on you. That's when real understanding begins to ripen. Furthermore, as you gain faculty, you may find that when anger arises during the day at work or at home, you can open to it and touch that peace and clarity in the moment. A second method for working with anger or other difficult emotions is taking and sending one of the key practices of the Mahayana mind training tradition of Tibetan Buddhism. If you're consumed by anger, consider everyone in the world who is experiencing anger right now. It doesn't matter what you're angry about. It doesn't matter what they are angry about. It is enough that you are angry and that they are angry. As you breathe in, imagine their anger coming into you through your nostrils and down into your heart in the form of a thick black smoke. Imagine, too, that everyone in the world except you is now free of anger. Experience everyone's anger for them. As you breathe out, imagine that all the joy and peace you've experienced in your life goes out to everyone. The joy and peace arise in your heart and go out your nostrils like silvery moonlight going to every living being in the world and filling each one with joy, with peace, and with well-being. Give all of your joy and well-being away. Now, don't force this practice, and don't hurry it either. There is plenty of anger out there. Just take it in, breath by breath. Connect with your own joy and peace. And there's plenty of that too. Give it all away breath by breath. Keep it simple with the black smoke coming in and the silvery light going out, reminding yourself every few breaths what you are taking in and sending out. Don't exert a lot of effort trying to track exactly what you are taking in or what you are sending out. Let the symbolism of black smoke and silver light work their magic. Just do it. Do it without expectation or anxiety. You are not transforming the anger into peace and joy and then sending that black that back out to others. Some people have been told to do taking and sending this way. There may be other practices in which you imagine such a transformation, but they are not taking and sending. Taking and sending is a very effective way of breaking the spell of anger and other strong emotional reactions. If, however, you do this practice to help yourself feel better in difficult situations, 
you are unfortunately corrupting the practice. Inadvertently, perhaps, you are reinforcing your sense of self. The aim of taking and sending is twofold. To break the spell of emotional reactions and to move beyond self-interest. Thus, you just take in the anger and give away your joy. Over time, this practice brings about a fundamental rewiring of your whole being. The third practice is also drawn from Tibetan Buddhism. The purpose of this practice is to instill the experiential understanding that how you see the world when you are possessed by anger has no underlying reality. You see the world as if under a spell and the spell can be broken. This practice assumes that you have the capacity to know that you are angry. If you're not even aware that you're angry when you're angry, and more than a few people aren't, you can't do this practice. At best, it'll just be an intellectual exercise. At worst, it will reinforce your anger and you'll become a monster. Instead, do either of the previous two methods, both of which will build the ability to know when you're angry. To begin this practice, acknowledge that you are angry, that you are in hell. You see the world in terms of conflict and opposition. You see everything as a struggle, as a fight to the death. An intolerable surge of molten fury is trying to burst out and incinerate anything and everything that might oppose you. It's as if a flaming spear has pierced you from head to toe and is burning you from the inside out. You feel you have to fight just to survive and everyone and everything is against you. Even if you can control the impulse to lash out to protect yourself, you seethe inside. Turn to that place in you that knows you are angry. What knows you are angry is itself not angry. Connect with that part of you and let the spirit of awakened compassion come into you. Let yourself be taken over by the energy or the spirit of awakened mind. That spirit's often imagined as embodiments of awakened compassion. Feel that you are the embodiment of awakened compassion and that you have infinite resources of wisdom, compassion, patience, and power. Infused with the spirit of awakened compassion, your body fills with light and the light radiates all through the hell realm. It permeates your own body and touches each and every being instantly dissolving all pain and injury and replacing the crash and clash of conflict with peace and joy. Light continues to radiate from you until the whole hell realm and all the beings there dissolve into a light that of even greater intensity. That light comes back into you and you become the light. And there you rest. After a few moments, your ordinary sense of self returns, but there's going to be a difference. Something of the spirit of awakened compassion returns too. This practice is a form of magic, and you're using intention and symbolism and ritual to change how you experience life. 
We often think of magic as working instantly, but magic works over time as power and energy accumulate in intention and ritual. Therefore, do this practice again and again. Through repetition, it will inform your life in ways that are often unexpected and unanticipated. And this is how magic works. Now, the fourth practice is drawn from the direct awareness traditions of Tibetan Buddhism. In this practice, you're going to use the energy of anger to power attention. Basically, for practice purposes, the angry you are, the better. However, there is a definite danger here. If you cannot stay in the experience of anger without being consumed by it, you will inevitably fall under its spell and risk some serious damage to other people and to your life. You are angry. That's all you need. What gives rise to your anger is actually irrelevant to this practice. Let the mind and body settle for a few moments. Then look right at the anger. What is the anger made of? What makes the anger? What produces it? Now, you're not looking for psychological or neurological, scientific or rational explanations. Those are all completely beside the point. You're looking for what in you actually generates the anger. Again, not what makes you angry, but what makes the anger. When you look right at what makes the anger, you probably won't see anything. Right at that moment, you may not feel angry at all. And then you may fall into a kind of confusion. If that happens, then bring back the anger. Replay the circumstances or the issue that stirred you up. And then look again at what is making the anger that you are experiencing. Look for short periods, just for a for a few seconds initially, but look intensely. Feel the anger and let the anger fuel your looking. When you look, you'll probably not see anything. You're not necessarily doing anything wrong, but keep going, looking again and again. You're learning how to let the energy of anger flow into an attention. Feel the anger. Look at what is making the anger right in the moment. And let the energy of anger pour into your attention and your looking, as if you're riding a rocket straight into the sun. Again, do this for short periods and then rest. It can be an intense practice and will demand everything of you. At some point, the not seeing anything shifts, and then you see. Not seeing anything is a kind of blankness. When you do just see, you're completely awake and clear. The first time this happens will probably be a bit disorienting, as it is a startling clarity and knowing that has no conceptual content whatsoever. Now, don't make anything of it. Just let it soak into you. When it passes, don't try to duplicate or replicate the experience. Nothing is ever the same the second time. Because you're different. Just keep doing the practice. And like the other practices, let this practice work on you. So here we've presented four different methods of practice. Any one of them is sufficient for discovering the possibility of being awake in anger.
or any other emotional reaction. But they do differ in what they do, what you need in order to practice them, and what result they bring about. These practices are different from how spiritual practice is often presented these days. They are not intended as quick fixes, ways to hack your mind or your life, or as practices to help you in a difficult situation, to feel better when you're down, or to work through a problem in your life. All those are possible side effects. The practices themselves are designed to bring about fundamental changes in how you experience life. While you may learn how to do them in a matter of days, you'll probably notice how the practices are working on you only after at least six to eight months of consistent practice, with the real changes typically coming over the course of years. Through consistent effort, however, you may uncover a kind of compassion that enables you to see the destructiveness of suffering, however it arises. This understanding will enable you to see through cultural prejudices and to see all people, regardless of political, social, or cultural identity, not as other, but as human beings who, like you and me, are struggling to make the best of their lives. You may also discover a different way of experiencing life, a way that does not depend on the conceptual or the rational mind, but puts you directly in touch with the great mystery of being. Wow. So that is... One of the best articles I've ever read on, I think, on training and, well, to the point on anger or emotion. And it's from an article that I found on the always awesome Tricycle Magazine. And it's by Ken McLeod, who's a writer, a translator, a teacher, and a business consultant. And his writings on Buddhist practice include the book, Reflections on Silver River and a Trackless Path. Acceptance of anger inside of us is vital in our training for a few reasons. Let's face it, when we realize the anger we carry around, the anger that we foster, and the anger that we all feed, all of it can lead us in directions that we don't really want and make us do things that afterwards we might look at and wonder how the heck that ever happened. Anger is your ego lashing out in a how dare you do that to me kind of way. Or it can be in a repressed, darker shadow way leading you down a different path. Anger is fueled by fear and fear of believed attack, fear of a wounded ego, fear of a lot of things. What comes out the end of that can be anything from seething rage to instantaneous anger. Anger has a way of transforming itself in us and becoming other things. Understanding where anger comes from is good, but better is recognition of our anger facing it, 
accepting it, and then using it as a tool to both cultivate compassion, but also to aid in our training in a way that will take us to see parts of ourselves that we wouldn't otherwise have even noticed. Most people walk through life and just think that they are one person, just a single individual. But as you learn to recognize the inner workings of this human being, you start to see that we are all like a layered human onion with all these different aspects and different voices and different versions of us. For most of us, even realizing the anger we feel can be hard to reckon with. Who wants to admit that they are angry? Who wants to admit that they're angry a lot or a lot of the time? I'm sure someone cuts you off in traffic or says or does something and we get upset. But anger can have a whole different face to it that loves nothing more than to live inside of us and to slowly control more and more aspects of us. Believe it or not, though, this doesn't have to be a bad thing. When we realize that we have this darkness in us or this anger in us and aren't afraid to look at it, to face it, really deeply, deeply look at it and find its root, some pretty amazing things can happen. Especially when we learn to channel or let go of that anger and its associated attributes. What I've found personally to be beneficial is two things. Learning to let go of attachment to things that happen and the view that things are somehow happening to me. This me-centric thing is so common. I myself have come to realize just how much of my own life I viewed as having had things happen to me. This person did this to me, that situation did that, and so on. It's an endless cycle. All of that leaves you carrying around a heavy rucksack filled with a whole lot of shadowy dark garbage that you honestly don't need, that makes you act sometimes ridiculously, that make, makes you make bad decisions and bad choices, and more than anything, makes you react. And this reacting, especially when out of anger, whether it's new or old anger, really makes any sense. Especially in retrospect, from the vantage point of rooting out the anger. And here is a shocker for you. Very little actually happens to you. Things just happen. Even when people do something seemingly to you, it's almost always coming from the result of something else. This is one of the reasons that we have to elevate our training and strive to, at the very least, to get the ball rolling ourselves that go in directions that we, do, that we want it to. Of course, guess what? We're all humans and we're all prone to mistakes and impulses and just plain idiocy. Few of us are going to escape this life without shaking our heads in wonder at the things that we've done. Now, when you're able to look at your life and your failures and your mess-ups and your outbursts and whatever else and hopefully show yourself some compassion, so too should we start to realize that the anger we can carry or rage can just as easily be used to build training and compassion and understanding.
And yes, turning anger into compassion is not always easy. What it is, though, is better than carrying around resentment. Feeding fuel to a fire building within likely for zero good reason. You might tell yourself, oh, I'm angry at this person or this thing for a very good reason, mister, because of A, B, and C. (laughs) And you may well have yourself fully believing it. But here's the thing, whether it was not... Whether it is or it wasn't because of something else, it is 100% in the past. It's done. It's over with. It's gone. So if you think about it, why cling to something that's done? Why make yourself miserable or start a whole new chain of anger and assorted other results over something that literally doesn't matter anymore? When we start to make one of the primary cornerstones of our training stillness in the present moment, we will start to see not only the result of not having that being in the moment, ground floor truth of reality, but how we can end up being reactive to the influences outside of that present moment. For me, I think it's vitally important to stay grounded in the present, to let go of the past, to let go of a lot of what we all cling to. And then, probably equally important, is to make compassion and sending loving kindness back out to the world. And there are plenty of exercises and visualizations and breathing techniques that we can do to help us deal with anger and life in general. What is probably more important, though, is to truly examine our lives, to start to see what it really is, to learn to be still. Learn to perceive what we are actually perceiving. Expand our awareness. Let go. When we begin to do this, we begin to actually train what we find. Let me say that again. When we begin to actually train, what we find is that all the external things that once felt like arrows being shot at us, they now have no ability to harm us. We start to see the actions, the decisions, the outbursts, or the mistakes of others as nothing different than or external to us. And as our training teaches us how to let go, how to accept our failings, how to learn how to grow, so too do we realize how to show compassion and understanding for others. Our anger may still come, but it won't be as overpowering. It might start even to be a source for us to turn it into compassion for ourselves and for others. In the end, our anger, or anyone else's anger, doesn't bring much of value into this world. No great things were done through anger. But when we transform that anger into something positive for ourselves and the world, good can come from that. Maybe you won't think this is all that important. Maybe maybe you like your anger. Or you don't believe you have any. Maybe this is all too much and just too hard. For me, though, I'm learning every moment to let go more. Sure, things still upset me. Sometimes a lot. (laughs) I'm human, just like you. 
But what I've found is that turning that rising rumbling into something positive is far better, not just for myself and my training, but for what I put back out into this universe. And for me, I think that's enough. So there you go. Something to think about. Let's go on to the question of the week, folks. So this week's question is from Craig. Thanks for sending this in, Craig. You talk about a lot of cool things in the podcast, but at my martial arts school, we don't cover any of it. (laughs) We come, we do class, and we go home. I'm wondering why you think that is. Oh, Craig, thanks for putting me on the spot. (laughs) Um, No, it's a good question. Um, I think that this is actually the norm these days, actually. We live in a time where people are very much disconnected with who they are and what it kind of means to be human in a way that I don't think we have before. I don't know if it's technology. I, I don't know what it is, but we are all kind of disconnected now, even though we feel like we have more connection, but it's kind of a false connection. Also, part of this comes from the fact that due to the popularity of training, you end up with a lot of schools that function more like a, well, I hate to say it, but more like a fast food chain (laughs) than the way the old masters wanted martial arts to be. And we've seen what was once actual martial art, which is a vehicle for transformation and expression of the self, um, transform into what amounts to a sport or, you know, just an extracurricular activity. Now, change isn't necessarily bad. Change can sometimes be good. In the past, to do some martial arts, you had to be a member of this religion or this family or this tribe or only male. And honestly, none of that was useful. Martial arts has improved in so many ways. It has improved the way that people can train And it has improved so much from when I started some 40-odd years ago. Unfortunately, though, so has how and what people teach. And these days, most, unfortunately, (laughs) most people see training in martial arts as almost only physical. What they don't realize is that by doing this, they're shedding not only some of the most important aspects of training, but will also end up cutting off the training to a lot of people who would benefit. I personally don't worry too much about it. I do what I do. The guy down the street does what he does, and the other person across town does his thing. It isn't any of my business, honestly. And I try not to be overly critical of, well, I try not to be critical at all, actually, of what any other martial art or martial arts school or martial artist or martial arts teacher does. It doesn't really matter to me. There's plenty of room for everything to do 
everything and everyone to do what they want and what they think best. And frankly, I've come to understand that it is well and good that some people gravitate to the sport aspect because maybe that is what they need the most at that time period. For instance, I competed a lot in both judo and in karate when I was a kid and into my 20s. But nowadays, I'm 52 right now, I don't see it as all that important, or at least not, I should say not, I shouldn't say not important, not, not much of an interest to me and how I see my teaching and my art. I can actually see how my old view of how I did things when I was young can actually be a detriment in a lot of ways, not only to the art itself, but its potential to reach people. Most of whom don't have any interest in, you know, that sort of thing that I liked and other people like when they're in their, you know, teens and 20s. Most want to do something that's fun and that they'll learn some valuable things from and maybe get some insights in. But I understand that just like my younger self there, there are plenty of you who love the competition and all the things you get from it. I sure got a ton from it. And that is perfectly great. It just isn't for me. And it's not what I choose to teach these days. Who knows? Maybe that'll change. What I'd say is that everyone who is listening needs to take ownership and responsibility, not just for their own lives, but for their own training. They need to understand that they themselves are their best teachers. The guy or girl showing you how to do things is someone turning on a light in the dark and pointing the way to go. That's it. We put too much on teachers as if, you know, I don't know, there's some kind of religious leader or enlightened being. And that's just not the, the truth. There's someone there that turns on the light, both <laughs> literally and figuratively. The work, though, is up to you. It's for you to understand that you need to do the work. And you need to do the learning and the development and the growth. It's all on you. Don't put that on anyone else, especially not your teacher. Figure out what is important to you. Do the work yourself. Don't look at your teacher or your training partners or the school down the street or anyone else and pick out the faults and the flaws because... They, just like you, are doing the best that they can. So, what I would say, Craig, is that if you want more from training, then add it yourself. If you want something else, then go after that. That is the kind of path we're all on. And it starts right now with you. And it grows with you. And it ends with you. So, be open-minded, be courageous, be hungry for knowledge, but 
understand that it's, it's you. And who knows, what you might find once you start down that path is that your teacher has actually been teaching you this stuff all along. You just didn't have the eyes to see it at the time. That's possible too. So folks, I think I am going to end it there. If you ever have a question that you'd like to throw down for me to add into this week's Warriors Way podcast, please send it along. You can find me on our website, www.warriorsway.ca. Check out the Warriors Way online training program there. As as well, we've got a whole lot of different ways that you can support the website because we want to keep this thing going, obviously. So the best way for you to make sure that we do that is, um, you know, support us. So there are book lists that you can click on a link and pick up a book and we get a little cut of that. You can uh, help us out through Patreon or if you want more of a what's in it for me (laughs) kind of attitude, think about signing up for the Warriors Away online trading program. I think the basic membership works out to something like 16 bucks a month and that's pretty darn cheap. Um, you can find us on Instagram, on Facebook, and if you are so inclined to pick up one of the books that I've written on martial arts and training, you can find those for your Kobo, for your Kindle, or you can get a old-fashioned paperback copy on Amazon. Just look for my name, James Zeke. So until next time, folks, train hard, have fun doing it, And try to figure out what it actually means to be a good friend and then make that how you live your life. Thanks a lot.